Hey everybody, this is just a quick word before you get into this new episode of Oh, It's John. I want you to know that this podcast was recorded uh, months and months ago, long before people were using words like coronavirus and social distancing and quarantine all the time. And that is why you will not hear us refer to the current situation, but also why you'll hear the three participants in this conversation just sitting in the same room with each other, breathing each other's air like a bunch of daredevils. Now we know better. Now we know that you need to and I will reiterate this for the listening public. Stay the f*** home so that fewer people die. I'm John Walker. I'm John Nagel. And we're coming to you live from Stately Toxic Manor. Is yes, that it the, is. Yep. And uh-huh. we're going to bring into the fold our first guest that we've ever hey! had on the podcast. Hey! You're making Oh, It's John history, folks, listening to this episode with... Robin Hazel. How's it going, Robin? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing pretty I'm good. Doing, I'm doing really well, actually. <laughs> it's, the, it's, a, it's a big deal because normally it's just the two of us idiots. Uh, yes. Talking, pontificating, <laughs> right. if you will. Well, I'm really proud of you guys for bringing on a black woman. Good job, you guys. Isn't that wonderful, <laughs> of all things? <laughs> so in, in a way, you're sort of like Neil Armstrong. Yes. Oh yes. My, I'm a so how does it feel? Pioneer in diversity mm-hmm. hire. It feels great. As you step out of the Moonlander onto this... Uh, Rocky surface known as a podcast. It does not get much whiter than my apartment. (laughs) It doesn't. I was Uh, worried coming in here. I mean, there is a picture of Joan Crawford in the corner. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're just thrilled to have you. And you know. Tickled to be had. Before we get too far into this conversation, I do want to say, Robin, when we started this show, all we really knew was, let's start a podcast, and the joke between us was we were going to deal with things that have to do with the name John, as though having the name John is some rare thing. We thought, like, you know, we need a support group Actually, for John's. it's becoming rarer. <laughs> it's becoming rarer, but it's still not rare enough to really be rare. So that was sort of our in-joke when we started doing this, and so we started off talking a little bit about, you know, just having a name and being stuck with a name and having bad nicknames and things like that. So I guess since we have, we've sort of left that theme behind to some extent with the show, but I did want to know, coming on this show, do you have any particular feelings about your name being Robin? Was, were, there, were there nicknames you didn't like growing up? Is there something about that name that you love? Is there something about that name that you hate? Just any thoughts about the name you were given? I have so many thoughts on being named Robin. It's a wonderful thing. In some instances, like I, I like the etymology of words and finding out what my name means. And my name is a derivative of Robert, or rather the feminine form Roberta, and it means shining fame. So I always knew that I was going to be a big deal. But then, like <laughs> randomly in like middle school, red-breasted Robin was mm. a thing that people started saying, mm. and there was always, to the Batmobile, Robin. Oh, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. Common, yeah. common ass favorite, <laughs> and uh, 
boys just randomly singing rock and robin to me <laughs> <laughs> on the playground was 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 an occurrence so that was that was a bit annoying but um no it's it, it's otherwise a that's dope funny because like when we, before you came over like john was talking about this segment and he was like well guys Robin, she was calling names, you know, like Rock and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, literally, yeah. yep, it happens. People yep, everybody feels everyone. original, yeah. <laughs> but no, and then, let me see, Robin Williams was an important, famous Robin to me. I, I uh, appreciated him, and also because he went to Juilliard. He went to Juilliard and got kicked out, and I had wanted to go to Juilliard, and I felt like I would probably get kicked out, which is a badge of honor. But um, I like yeah, to go it's... ahead and do that and decide, like, I got in and I got kicked out. I don't even have to go. You know yes, what I mean? Cut out the very expensive middleman. <laughs> exactly. They can't say I haven't been there. <laughs> yes. I've walked through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I graduated. There's a photo of me. Yeah. It's, no, but seriously, not graduating from Juilliard is is a, a badge of honor for a lot of people. Eric LaSalle went to Juilliard and he didn't graduate. I think only a handful of people that I really like or liked went to Juilliard and went all the way through. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman, Laura Linney, and who else is one of the Laura Linney? I, I, I know you should went to Juilliard. Huh? I'm pretty sure Laura Linney went to Juilliard. That makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, she's, because she's excellent and stupendous and superb and wonderful. Yes, she is. But yes, yeah. I'm always, I'm always happy when I see her. I saw, I watched A League of Their Own for the first time in a long time recently, and she shows up. And I was like, whoa! What? Oh, she's in that. Now I, did I have know. to uh-huh. go back and see that. That would have to be really early for yeah, her. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, I know that face. Laura Linney's a fucking OG. Yeah. <laughs> So 1992. <laughs> 1992. I'm trying to think of what role of hers is just the one for me. Oh, uh, you can count on me. That movie is so good. Have you seen that one with Mark Ruffalo? No. He plays like her no good brother uh, who like kind of, come, not no good, but just kind of uh, prodigal son type, yes. kind of wandering brother. He comes back to town and she's got this sort of orderly life and, um, and, uh, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those great slice of life movies where you really see how he's this great force of nature, but you also see how if he sticks around too long, he kind of messes things up. <laughs> it sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason I love this movie, too. <laughs> oh, my God. What year was that, though? God, what I'm year like... was You Can Count On Me? And who else was in it? Um, well, Mark Ruffalo was the brother. Yes. And then uh, her, the other person I remember being in it, she is having an affair with her boss, who is played by Matthew Broderick. So okay. 2007-ish? Maybe earlier <laughs> I feel than like... that. Hold on one second. <laughs> yes, look I it up. Have... Because it's starting to sound familiar, and I love Laura Linney, and I'm like, how she, did I? And I'm fond of Mark she, Ruffalo, so how She was this? in Kinsey, too, right? Yes, yes. Kinsey, she played his wife. Kinsey, yes. Kinsey is an underrated movie. I love Kinsey so much. I thought I wanted to be a sexual psychologist yeah, because it's of really good. It's a really good movie that no one ever sees. I, I reference it in my comedy sometimes. It's people so like, good. What? It, it, no, it really is good. I also, uh, did you ever just wonder? Um, 2000. 2000. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, I might need to check that out. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I have to Because it, it was before Mark Ruffalo became Mark Ruffalo. Oh, it was, yeah, it was one of those early roles with, with an actor where you see him, and then after this, when he became so famous... I was just like, oh yeah, you know, when you're yep, like, yeah. I, I knew all about him. <laughs> I remember you yeah. when you were chubby and had <laughs> yeah. your original nose. Right. You were just a no good brother blowing into town. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite one like that is uh, because I'm a, uh, 
I'm a nerd person and don't have any uh, many friends. I uh, I rewatched the entire series of Dallas mm-hmm. a couple years ago, <laughs> and in like 1980, uh, Priscilla Presley is on yeah. the cast regular cast member, and her daughter has a boyfriend, and I'm looking at this kid, and I'm like, that kid looks really familiar. Where have I seen that kid before? He's in it for like eight episodes. And I'm looking at him, and then the credits flash. It was Brad Pitt. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Brad Pitt was Dallas? Uh-huh. Holy crap. And, and full mullet the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> that kid, I know I've seen that kid before. <laughs> Where have I seen you, kid? That strangely, bizarrely good-looking kid. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, yes. If they'd shown the abs, maybe he would yeah, have been yeah, easily yeah. recognizable. Well, that would be weird because he was like, what, 15? Yeah. <laughs> 15 of Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like, so you'll recognize yeah. me in the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to our sort of topic. I think uh, we could just talk about whatever and we'd be fine. But thinking about the name of the show, we thought, oh, oh, it's John. We could do a Dear John episode. And that was another thing we thought, oh, Robin would probably be fun to have come on and talk about this. Because our, our initial thought was... How much of our romantic histories were these as these kind of sad boys, these kind of like, you know, they didn't have the word thirsty when I was a little boy, but that's what I was. If, if they had, I, I, I was thirsty before thirst was thirst. Um, so we thought, oh, Robin can kind of make fun of us. And then we're like, well, no, maybe Robin will have some stories of her own. So we kind of just came up with this idea that we'll do a, a Dear John episode. But this is a about breakups, about breaking up, about being broken up with. Hopefully, hopefully we haven't always been the bad guy. No one's always the good guy. No, I mean... Um, but when I was taking my own personal inventory, I realized that my, my own story is... Like, there's very little that I did right when I was a young man, kind of finding my way through the, the world of romance. I had a lot of preconceived notions that were just wrong. Um, but I don't know how everybody else feels about themselves as a, as a, as a young romantic or as a young person when it comes to that I stuff. Mean, but do you think you have a lot of humiliating stories? Like, what's, what, what's the tone of those stories? I Is mean, it embarrassment? Like, well, first of all, Robin and John, you're going to be shocked. Uh, I listen to a lot of Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> what? A lot of the replacements... I had to get up off the floor. I hope you know that. And watched a lot of uh, John Cusack movies. So um, I envisioned myself as a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I can safely say, like, most of them were basically based upon me being stupid. And then one of them, I I was not the bad guy, but it really hurt. Mm-hmm. And I gotta be honest, like that one still kind of stings. Cause I think everyone has a person that's just. I'm gonna bring up Chuck Holsterman again because he's one of my guys. Like he's like, there's a chapter in one of his books where he compares every woman he's ever dated to a member of Kiss, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know. It resonated with me deeply. <laughs> and like, We've all but, dated a, a star child, well, a no, demon. But, he, but he's like, before, Someone with a really but everyone, yeah. but his, points, his point was like, there's four women that will always be in the original lineup. Mm-hmm. And, this, and then like everyone else, everyone's important, but there's four that regardless of what happens, you're never going to get over. Yeah. And the, I, I don't have four, but there's one that like, 
you know, it stings still a little bit, even years after the fact. So, but uh, there were other times when I was a complete moron. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not completely squeaky queen in all these scenarios. Absolved in all of these yeah. no. scenarios. What about you, Robin? How do you, like, were you a... You know, I feel like I was trying very hard when I was too young, actually, to be in relationships. Like, I think when I was 12, 13, I thought I was supposed to have a girlfriend, you know? And I don't know if it was pop culture or movies. You talked about John Hughes movies, John Cusack movies, things like that. Like, I had this very inflated notion of what r- romance was. Maybe I'd listen to too many Beatles songs, whatever it was. Oh, my God. I just thought you were supposed to have a girlfriend, <laughs> and you were hat. supposed to walk hand in hand, and you were supposed to, like, if she wouldn't answer the phone, you were you were going to be heartbroken. You know, I just, it was so intense. I, were, did you get into that stuff early? Were you a late bloomer? What oh, was I was definitely a late bloomer. For a long time, for a long, long time, I mm-hmm. was one of the boys. Like, I went to a magnet school for the arts, and I got cast as a boy so often to the point where when we were writing stuff I was writing myself as a dude but like I want to say high school when I got titties that was about Robin but um I was very very awkward I uh nobody ever really asked me out on dates until I was like in my early 20s okay stuff started happening yeah like nobody it was it's no kind of interest and then it was just a lot of uh awkward situations i had a dude i had gone on two dates with break up with me via text message and then show up to the open mic that I was performing at with his next date. Uh, so, uh. <laughs> I, had to, I had to roast them. <laughs> um, I had uh, a boyfriend at the time take me out for my birthday to, I, most of my life was at this open mic, you guys. <laughs> he took me to the same open I, mic. I, I mean, I get it. Like, <laughs> 95% of all my stories are copies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, my whole dating track record, I was just meeting people at open mics and having sex with them. That was, <laughs> that was when Robin started to pick up. But no, I had my boyfriend take me out for my birthday, we ran into his ex-girlfriend at that open mic that I went to mm. after my birthday, and he proceeded to buy all of her drinks. So I had to roast her. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one story, there's one dude that I dated. Oh my goodness. I thought, I I always liked boys, mm-hmm. and I always had that notion of like romance and all those sweet, tender moments and things like that running through my head, but they never seemed to work out for me. And there was this one guy and I had worked on the Obama campaign with him. And we had our first kiss on New Year's. And it was so wonderful and magical. And we went on a coffee date a couple of days later. And I experienced what I like to refer to as the five points rejection. Mm. Um, oh, man. Had a wonderful evening with this guy it was a simple coffee date and we walked around barnes and noble because i love books so fucking much and afterwards i'm going in for the kiss i know my breath doesn't smell i know everything is clean and where it's supposed to be not only does this (laughs) man not kiss me he pulls back puts his hand up in my face shakes his hand from side to side says no (laughs) And and i was just like 
I have never experienced this much rejection in such a close I, proximity. Uh, in my life. But I hate it. I hate it. I hate it when like, cause like this happened to me in college where, um, you ask someone out on a date, and it's clearly a date, and then a day later they're like, "I think you thought it was a date." Dude, and you're mm. like, no, we and, agreed on these terms, dude. Yeah. And I'm like, but, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I mean, I did, but if it wasn't, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let me just draw back in embarrassment and shame. Thank yeah, you yeah, for, okay. for that. Appreciate I'm gonna go, you. I'm going to go in my room and uh, listen to more, see now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> holding my cat. <laughs> That's what Morrissey would want you to do. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was 12, it was seven, it was 85. So this was an era where I think kids, I think kids nowadays, and I think it increases the later you get, they're encouraged to be kids a little bit longer. They're sort of allowed to be kids a little bit longer. I went to a magnet school similar to the one you described. It was for arts. And there were some like... um, you know, kids from all over the country staying in the dorms and stuff, and it was from 7th through 12th grade. And there were only about tops, maybe 300 kids in the whole school. So it was extremely insular, extremely small. You kind of had this feel that, like, the first day of school you looked around, and I had this thing, I was very girlfriend-minded. I would just look around the room and be like, who's the most girlfriendy girlfriend in this room? <laughs> and then I would sort of, like, latch on to that girl. And I think now, I was thinking about this today, that if I could just go back and tell myself, you you enjoy women, you want to be friends with women, just chill. You yes. enjoy their company. Yes. You enjoy their company and that is fine because what I had was like this whole attitude. I was never like a guy's guy and I had no place to put these intense, intense feelings. And so I would feel like I was supposed to have a girlfriend, I think, because I, what I wanted was I wanted that like confidant i wanted to like sit in the back of the room with somebody like you said earlier i wanted to sit there and roast the world with somebody and i think sometimes that that made me come on way too strong so it's like i would wait around until i'd heard some girl thought i was cute and then i would go like until she was like i'm not ready i'm not ready to run off with somebody you know i'm not ready to have this like you and me against the world thing at you know 13 or something (laughs) but when i think about it now i don't know how anyone would have dealt with that energy can i ask you a personal question well that's what we're doing (laughs) do you have adhd probably Because I was going to say, I was like, I'm familiar with these tendencies and I would have been your girlfriend (laughs) and we would have been overly intense together. (laughs) See, I'm sensing we could have had an extremely unhealthy, (laughs) (laughs) very, (laughs) no, that's what I love though. Codependency was honestly what I was looking for. I wanted somebody that was like miserable when they weren't talking to me, you know? (laughs) So we could stick together. Oh my God, listen. Oh man. And that works for a while, but it's too intense. It'll buckle under its own weight, especially when you're 14 or 15, you know? Yes. And, like, I will say that, that like, being a quote-unquote late bloomer, which I definitely was, like, it also sort of sets you up because because you've never had those weird high school boyfriend-girlfriend things. Mm-hmm. You're intense at 24. <laughs> yeah. Yes! Oh, my God! And, like, <laughs> it's way, way... Like, when someone's awkward at 14... You're 14. Yes, everybody's 14. But when you're 24 and like you don't know what you're doing, 
and you're super intense mm-hmm. and you live or die by texts and emails, it's not a good look. At all. You know? It's not. Like, so there's something to be said for having a, a, a dating that young. Yes, because that way you can, it's like a practice run, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't have because my, when, um, but my brother had, cause he was really good at, I, he was really good at dating, mm-hmm. you know, which I've never been great at, you know, like I'm, it's just something that you're either good at or you're not. And I'm like, it's just weird, man. Yeah. I think some people are good at like maintaining that kind of like light. And kind of dancing between the raindrops. And I, I'm not saying these people don't make great mates. But I think that there is something to be said for having a good mix of those qualities. Yeah. Being able yes. to be like light on your feet with people and date around maybe and not be too into it. But also knowing when, okay, now this is a real thing and, and you have to kind yeah. of slow down and let it develop. So in some ways I do think yeah, I always had a whole lot of one and, and, and not much of the other. I was always really able to be loyal and committed and serious about it. Oh, I, no, I no, don't think I was that much I, fun though. I, <laughs> no, I'm really good at the loyal, committed, serious part. Yes. I'm not good at the... Hey, what are we doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't care. No, I care, but I don't care. You yeah, know? yeah, I, I can't do that. What are you I, doing tonight? I, I don't like, care. <laughs> I care so yeah. much. When my wife and I started dating, I remember I had always had this feeling of like, I'm the one who's like, okay, you had a good date. Don't go too crazy. When we had gone out a couple times, she called me like on a random Monday night and was like, I hope this isn't weird, but I kind of want to hang out with you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Finally, that, and we, you know, will you marry me? <laughs> yes. But it's like that was my feeling was, like, oh my god, I'm usually the person, and I was sitting there like trying, don't, don't call, don't call, don't call, wait four days, you know, whatever people say. Well, but it's like, oh good, she broke the, she broke yes, the rule. It's, it's so well, nice. I remember, um, I'll, I'll just call her, um, I'll call her B. B. Like, um, we, we met on um, a dating site, which was a lot better back then. Yes. I, I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, we went out and we had the best first date I've ever had. And I, and I remember like she left to grab an Uber and I was paying the bill. And I was like, I hope I get to see her again. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out, John. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess this up, all right? And then within 20 minutes, I get a text like, uh, I still have a huge grin on my face. You're awesome. Oh, Let's nice. do it again soon. And I'm like, mm. yeah. and like it was like Ric Flair, circa 1985, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, because I'm such a nerd, I went home and on the Facebook, I posted a picture, a clip of Ric Flair doing his thing, and <laughs> with the question, so John, how do you feel right now? Like this, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but I get that, John, because I'm like, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. And don't come on too strong. I'm, I mean, that was honestly, the one thing I knew, even at that point, was like, just don't, don't scare somebody off with how, how there you are for them, because it, it makes it seem like you don't have anything else going yes. on in your life. Oh my God, yeah. There were definitely times from where, where I was like, why won't blank date me? I'm such a nice guy. Right. I definitely said that to myself in high school. Mm-hmm. And John, and now looking back on it with fresh eyes and as someone who's actually been in relationships, I'm like, 
Well, because you had nothing in common, and also <laughs> because, like, you weren't very nice. You were mad that she wouldn't date you. Yeah. When it wouldn't have worked out, and you were you weren't creepy, creepy, but you were sort of like muscling up on you know, yeah because i was you know again the cusack boombox i'm there for you you know if only I, you would realize <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm the been, guy for you i've been yeah. there the whole time like <laughs> that's what they pumped out you guys mm-hmm. go I, every time i go back and i look at like movies from certain eras i'm like oh they was just spoon feeding us this shit mm-hmm. okay because i even now, I look back at the stuff that I, as a girl, was was spoon-fed from the TV shows, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely where I was like, I need to get paired up immediately yeah. <laughs> to this stuff. I remember in sixth grade, guys belittling you if you were a virgin, you know? Wow. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I hope that's not happening today in my son's peer group. I don't think it is. I uh, think that it's a little bit delayed, but even if it were... I would hope that he would have the sense to have that I didn't have, which is that these guys are all full of shit. And they're making <laughs> I, this stuff up. They heard it from an older brother or something. I remember being in elementary school, and a lot of kids in my class had much older siblings. So they were exposed to like more adult culture than mm-hmm. I was, because I was the oldest kid in my family. So like in the third grade, they were listening to... Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails and all this stuff. And I'm like, and I'm like, wait, don't you guys want to still play with action figures? Yeah. <laughs> like, because I wasn't ready for that stuff yet. I was like, but we're in third grade and I've, yeah. I've got action. I like watching Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur wasn't a thing yet. Well, it, wasn't, <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't book form. This was pre-Arthurian yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, I watched that show like, Way longer because, because like when I was 14, uh, I had surgery and I was in a, on my back for like three months and I couldn't find the remote one day. And Arthur just happened to be on <laughs> and I watched it like every day for the next eight years. Yep, yep, because you know it's good, um, <laughs> it's so good. I love but, that. but anyway, like, yeah, I just wasn't when, when, when you have older siblings, things get. When they're much older, yeah, they get, they move faster. So like my classmates were in high school when they were in third grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know about girls yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I had an older sister, but she was very like bookish yeah. and very studious and very focused on what she should have been as a kid. And so that's not where it came from. I really think it came to me more through my my male cousins because I had a cousin who was a year younger than me. And then he had an older brother, and his older brother, I think, got into everything early. I mean, he's a guy with a fake ID. Oh, he's you know, that he could guy? get you booze. He smoked. I'm not outing him. He's. I think everybody, <laughs> everybody in the family knows. But I mean, I think I did feel like I really need to be thinking very adult things and doing very adult things. So it really set me up to to think. I was yeah. behind schedule if I wasn't. Well, yeah, active. and that was the oh, thing. Gosh. Like I wasn't. I wasn't ready, man. Mm-hmm. I was just like. Can't we just play like with the Ninja Turtles for longer, please? <laughs> but there was also this dichotomy of like, I'm still playing with action figures, but then I was like reading Fitzgerald at twelve, <laughs> and being like, and then there's sexy stuff in his books, and I'm like, 
That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. That sounds really great. <laughs> I love when you're 12, you can always mm. find like the one or two lines of sexy stuff that's in some book you're reading for school or something, some classic like that. There's always like the one or two lines where well, you're like, oh yeah, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> I know my, what he my, means there. My favorite was um, my, my parents were very guarded with media, but I could read anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I could not see The Godfather. <laughs> But you could read the Godfather. But, but my parents had a copy of the Godfather on their shelf. And I took it one day. And ladies and gentlemen, I learned so much about sex <laughs> from that book. Now yeah. that book has a whole subplot that is that is pornographic. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. I was I've never read it. Oh my god. Oh, you remember Sonny Corleone, right? Yeah. The James Conn character. Yes. In the book, they make a big deal out of what a giant cock he has. <laughs> And that he's got this woman who has some kind of pelvic thing going on where she can't be satisfied by any man except for a guy with a giant cock. And there's a whole thing about their relationship that's in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And doesn't she like meet a surgeon and have surgery so that she can enjoy other men or something like that? There's an entire subplot about her vagina. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt. Oh my god! Sometimes you read a book and you go, "I wonder why they cut that part out." But you read that, and you're like, "No, I don't. I don't wonder." And like, and, I don't wonder. And my mom was like, "So she's like, so how's the Godfather?" And I'm like, "It's fine." Did you read this, mom? <laughs> Have you been reading this smut? <laughs> Clearly not. So you guys were late bloomers, and I was like, tr- I was a, a secret late bloomer trying very hard to bloom way yeah. too well, early. I, mean, <laughs> I just. I was a seedling going on on dates. Yeah, um, when I was in, I think, tenth grade, I asked this pretty popular girl out. Her name was Lindsay, and she said no. To me, and I was very upset. And I go home, and I was like, "Well, why won't Lindsay go out with me?" And it, and you know, they did. They think, "Oh, we have nothing in common." Oh, but no. I looked at the men I most admired. Mm-hmm. All up on my wall. Axel Rose. <laughs> Brett Michaels. Sebastian Bach. David Coverdale. Mm-hmm. They all had one thing in common. They all had kick-ass leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> so in my... In my 14-year-old brain, I was like, you know what I need? If I get some kick-ass leather pants... That'll show Lindsay. <laughs> That'll show everybody. But this was 2002. I love the things that you think are just going to turn it all around <laughs> for yourself when you're a kid, you know? This was 2002, 2001. So the internet wasn't quite what it was, what it is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're in Baltimore, which is not known for kick-ass leather pants. <laughs> so I had to go to the next best thing. Uh, Hot Topic sold. Oh, my God. Fire engine red vinyl pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so uh, Brett, Ma- Brett Michaels back in the day. She is a creature of pure empathy because when you said fire engine red pants, her heart went out to you. <laughs> her heart exploded across the room. I saw it. <laughs> well, so, so this was before Rock of Love. So Brett Michaels of Poison used to play clubs in Baltimore like three times a year and I would go to all of them and he would God bless him he would just sit on the steps of his bus and just 
answer all my stupid questions. So one day I go to see Brett, and I'm like, Brett, guess what? He's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to get some red vinyl pants. And he looks at me, and he goes, why? (laughs) 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 And I'm like, what do you mean, why? You're the guy who wrote, I want action. (laughs) He's I'm like, because girls, Brett. Because girls. And Brett, I swear to God, he looks up at me, and he goes, John, you don't need red vinyl pants. You're going to figure it out. Which is the nicest, kindest, most non-toxic yeah. Masculine thing. Yeah. Which you would not expect coming from him, by the way. Yeah. Did I listen to him? Hell no. <laughs> I bought those pants. And they were literally and figuratively the hottest thing I ever wore. I wore them one time. That's all I ever think when I see someone wearing leather or vinyl or anything like that. I'm just like, what's it like inside there? It's like a meat casing. Yeah. <laughs> so, spoiler, it didn't work. But hi, Lindsay. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> Shout out to Lindsay. There was a place called Bargain Town when I was a kid that was exactly what it sounds like. And they had a, probably made by the same people, a replica, except a cheesy looking replica. I, I'm sure it wasn't that great. But it, in my mind, it looked exactly like the Thriller jacket. Oh, amazing. That, that Michael Jackson wore. And... And I remember every time we would go in there, I, I look back now and I realize it was one of those rare kindnesses of my mom. Because she would occasionally throw some weird shit at me to say, this is supposed to be fashionable, you should wear this. And it would be like a midriff bearing shirt or something like that. You know, she was a little bit out of it. But I think after a while she realized, like, no, there's a very narrow spectrum of clothes that, that my son will wear. Um, in public, but this, this thriller jacket, I wanted it so bad. And I, it's like, I'd look back and I can't believe she was able to withstand me every time thinking, and because I was just like, Mom, come on, is, are we, is this the time? Is this the time we're at Bargain Town? And, and of course I would have looked ridiculous, you know, of course that wouldn't have worked for me at all. But it's, in my mind, it was just like, no, there's no accounting for what might happen if I had that jacket, you know? I can't dance like him, <laughs> I can't sing like him. To this day, there's some part of me that wonders, like, would I? have looked really awesome would that have like would that have been like the best day ever maybe if i'd gone to school i'm really honest myself every now and then i see kick guys in the past i'm like you know what (laughs) maybe maybe it could still work out you know think about the sweat yeah no i i I, god bless brad because he was just like stop it I tried to save you from yourself. Yes. <laughs> what a kind man. He's like, I am outside of a club right now. Things are not working out. <laughs> oh my God. So I was mostly best friends with all the dudes. And because I was expecting to be paired off, I was like, we're best friends. This mm-hmm. works. Why aren't we together? And there was just years and years of that. Just like, Ah oh, man, I'm doing every single thing with this one dude. Nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I get that too. But I just wasn't that girl. I was yeah. literally, I was the best friend that got 
to tag along so that everybody thought everything was kosher. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 bring me over to her boyfriend's house and they'd be like, okay, Robin, you sit here and watch TRL and we're going to make out on his bed up here mm-hmm. and just don't look up. And me, I'm just, a, I'm a very passive person. So I'm like, all right, I got, I got MTV. I got Rice Krispies treats. I'm pretty settled for a while. A few times I was definitely brought in to be like, we're going to be out drinking wine coolers in the backyard or something oh, yes, like that. Yeah. But there's going to be some mm-hmm. kids that are actually going to be eating popcorn and yep. drinking and sometimes there would be someone who was set up with me in that and i realized now that it was sort of the we put the we put the they kind of pairing the uggos yeah, yeah well, or the nerds or whatever it's like you know so-and-so it's needs like, somebody to hang out with yes. while we go do our oh, thing no, did I, the party I, get cooler after i left listen when when did you start your magnet school i was 12 so it would have okay, been so 85 you, yeah. okay yeah okay so it was middle school because i was gonna say their kids are fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, I remember I remember there was one classmate in the sixth grade. She had a party, her birthday. We went to go see Adam Sandler's The Water Boy at the movie theater. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a sleepover party at her house. And I cannot say that everybody was as well behaved as I was at that sleepover. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh my God, no. <laughs> Listen, I think. Most of the reason that our kids are getting to be kids for a little bit longer is because there's cooler and more immersive shit to do as kids. Yeah. Than I think that no, we they're have. honestly like, there's so much more for you. There's like, so much more like culture for you, but there's also like the I think the world is more aware of what we're talking yes. about. Like we're trying to create those spaces for kids to to be kids, and maybe it's for me it's partially. I like I know what it felt like to be not ready for these feelings and thoughts because yeah. it did it did end up in a lot of heartache on on my part that I was like trying to be I was trying to be mature way before I could possibly have been mature. Mm-hmm. Well, now I think I think there's a lot more that's saying like it's okay to just be a you or to yeah. just have a friend like that's good. But mm-hmm. I remember when I was growing up, everything was like okay, and this boy goes with that girl all the mm-hmm. time, and it was like okay, all right, so when do when do I get paired off? Oh, oh, none of these are for me. And I was a black girl, and most of my friends were white. So oh, did that was, complicate things? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it complicated things. I'm finding out now, like in later years, like oh, I totally, I totally thought you were cute, but like I just thought that wasn't a thing that could be done. And it was like, oh man, like oh, that sucks. <laughs> middle school misconnections could have been together forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually kind of funny. One of my um, little stories I thought of when we were talking about doing this episode episode was a breakup that was similar to that there was a girl that I dated dated we 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 it was we liked each other and about a week and a half into what seemed like it was just like going swimming and then just boom nothing you know stopped I went to like the school Halloween party and she was with this other guy after telling me she wasn't really ready to be I don't know if I really need to be dating anybody right now and I was like okay and then She's with someone else at the party and gave me that kind of like across the room kind of drama look of like, yeah, I'm with him now, you know, and walked oh, off. No. And I just thought, what the heck? But I found out years later through Facebook, she was like, I feel like I should tell you this, that when I, I remember dating you in high school and I thought you were really cool and you seemed like a really nice guy, but some girls in your class told me you were a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and so I just hmm. broke up with you over that. And first I thought like, 
I might have been a pervert. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I what mean, these girls. I don't know what these girls in my class. <laughs> yeah, like that's better than the rumors that I thought people might have been spreading also, about like, me at that time. So I'll take pervert. When you're that age, that's basically all you are. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like I don't know what they said, but it also was a little exciting to think like there were people that were actually like trying to sabotage <laughs> my shit. I, I don't know how true that is, but it definitely. That's it's like it was like this makes me feel bad and kind of good at the same time because at least people were talking about me. Yeah. Listen. That dude that ended up rejecting me in the car after we had a great first kiss. Years later, I found out that there was another dude that we worked with on our campaign that liked me and was like, dude, if you don't stop dating her, I'm totally going to like not mm -hmm. support any upcoming campaigns that you have. And it was like, oh, shit. Folks was fighting over me. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could have known. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would have... I mean, sucks that I didn't get to date this dude, but like I'm comforted by this fact that having this knowledge would have been nice much sooner, saved me years of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> would have been an ego boost. Yeah. yeah, I was just really bad on picking up on signs. Like, um, there's this one situation of like every now and then she pops up on Facebook, and I'm like, ah, because. In college, I'm like 95% sure she likes me. Because, like, when someone draws something for you. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and, like, if you saw a picture of her, you'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah. John's got a type. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I was still pining over my high school crush. Like, pining. Mm -hmm. Pining pine, which I know how to do. Very good <laughs> at it. And I sometimes think of like, John, if you weren't such an idiot, something could have <laughs> worked better. Yeah. Materialized and you know like I'm not saying it would last forever, but like, come on man. Like you could have just given it taken a shot with someone that might have really liked you. Yeah. Over like an idealized vision <laughs> of another person. <laughs> Which are very powerful, by the way. It's easy to sort of think about those times when you were the one who was pining and go, oh, I was this tragic romantic hero in this story. But it's really weird to think about the times when you put the kibosh on somebody to shut somebody down. I have done that more times than I actually know. I uh, found out over the past couple of years that I have had a few extra boyfriends. Mm -hmm. That I broke up with amicably, apparently, <laughs> that I did not so much as hold the hand of. Oh, like wow. it, it was it was really strange. Like there's this one, there's this one dude, oh my God, all and it's strange. All of these people that I'm thinking about are now involved in politics, but there was one dude, and i I used to just have a lot of guy friends take me out. Like I was like, okay, all right, I'm the best friend, but I'm kind of like the spoiled best friend. Mm -hmm. And so I was used to dudes taking me out. And he's thinking that we're dating, and I'm not getting of uh, the necessary romantic feedback that we're on a date. So mm -hmm. apparently, I was in a relationship with this dude for a couple of months. And we, I guess, I don't know if it dissolved. Like I don't know how our breakup went, but he was cool with it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, i've I've heard I've broken many a heart. So, um, <laughs> 
where I lived in Pennsylvania is very like ins it was a very small insular town and so like all of these dudes it, I, f I found out both of these revelations in the same night because this the, the dude that was like I got threatened mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to, about going out with you was also like and then I met this other dude and he was like yeah you guys had a thing going on and then it ended peace I was like we had a what who <laughs> <laughs> had a huh yeah. like, if I didn't bring you to meet my mom you don't matter isn't that funny when somebody tells you your own shit and they don't have it right <laughs> yes. like well you had that relationship with him and you're just like bah, 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 bah. hold on hold on hold that's on. one of the best things about getting older it's like you see things with clearer eyes and now you know what not to do yes. mm -hmm. you've been like oh this is how i've acted before right and i've you know grown and stuff <laughs> but yeah Dating is terrible. Dating can be so terrible. And I was thinking about one of the big ones for me, too. And this was a big one that I realized this of the worst breakups I've ever experienced. The biggest one occurred around infidelity. And that subject, I thought when I thought about that, I was I was wondering, like, have you if have, have you guys ever experienced been on the receiving end or been on the non receiving end of, of, of a triangle like that? Um, my my biggest breakup. I don't know if she was seeing anyone at the time, but she broke up with me through email. Mm -hmm. And I was telling John off mic, like, several years later, that's the one that still hurts. It, it still hurts. Yes. Like, because email is already when someone wants to communicate with you, but they don't want to hear your side of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And just going to drop this message yeah. here. And Before like, it to be that. I, I mean, I understand. I bet a lot of people break up over different media and whatever that makes them comfortable. But that always feels, that one feels strange because it really is not giving you a chance to even have an emotional response. And the thing was, like, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think it was, like, the day before I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth looking in the mirror and saying, she's going to break up with you this week. Oh. Like, so I knew it was... Yeah. Because she, you know, did the thing, stopped texting as much, stopped email, like... Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm not stupid. I see the signs. But when she mm. did it through email, it's just like... Watch this, Lise. You can pinpoint the second most. <laughs> yes. Listen to me. I don't like you. I never liked you. And the only reason I gave you that stupid Valentine is because nobody else would. Watch this, Lise. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. And then to make matters worse. <laughs> Five minutes after I got that email, my mom not opens it. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm, I'm She's like, what happened? Oh no. And I'm like, uh, B broke up with me, and then she because I was crying, like like ugly ugly crying. She thought. I said, uh, Natalie, who's my helper. Mm. And she's like, Natalie, quit! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and she starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like an epic, like, I'm laughing right now, but at the time it was like, yeah. you know. Yes. Oh, isn't the worst telling people? Like when shit's gone bad, when you have to do like the press release, 
Like yeah. you got to start telling people and it suddenly becomes more and more real. And especially when it's like, when it's your parents, because those are the people that you're stuck with. You've met my mom. My mm-hmm. mom is lovely. She's my favorite person. Yes. But she just goes, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, it was not okay. Right. I was like, no, uh, no one will ever love me again. <laughs> we had fights over Warner Brothers Tough Guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Right, right. Like, just going to say, like, she knew who Edward G. Robinson was. That's a rare thing. It was not a good scene, but I will say, for the record and to her credit, uh, when I sent her an email, I was like, well, I'll always remember the good times. I'm not, you know, but, and then P.S., please give me back my CM Punk hoodie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> which is how I know. I, which, is, which, by the way, as you both know, I'm sure, when you give a when you give a significant other a hoodie, you know, because she just took it one day, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I love her. Yeah, that's fun. And for her credit, she gave it back. Good. You got the hoodie. So it's hanging in my closet right now. So, ladies, I am single. <laughs> and I've got a CM Punk hoodie. That CM Punk hoodie warm, thank could, you. Be, could be all yours. The one that hurts me still to this day. So, when I was in college, I had a boyfriend. He was a long-distance boyfriend. But, like, we were for sure going to get married. He came to see me Christmas break, and I went to go see him spring break. And somewhere in between those two, he cheated on me. And I found out when I got a message on MySpace from the other girl. Yeah, no. And it was terrible because it was like, like, this was a thing that made me super paranoid about all of my relationships and anything that goes on on social media. Because, like, do you guys remember when MySpace used to have your top five? Oh, top eight. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, my God. Listen. So, I'm looking. I think it was (laughs) top eight at this point in time because I remember, like, who is this new face yeah. <laughs> in this main group of faces? And the thing that really hurt me was that my boyfriend, before Christmas break, had gotten my initials tattooed over his chest. Oh, man. And when he cheated with her, she said he told those, uh, told her that those were his mom's initials. And I was like, ah, how you going to deny me when I was right there? Yeah. And somehow the fact that you said it was MySpace, (laughs) somehow that makes it even worse. It hurt really bad to get this message. I was at work at the library. (laughs) Checking my social media. It's like, oh, message. How old are you, Robin? I'm going to be 32 in September. Okay, so we're basically the same age. Yes. Like... (laughs) Was when we were in college, the top eight of the MySpace, I'm ashamed to admit it, you lived and died by that shit. Yes, man. I can, I can imagine. There was a girl I really liked in college. We just became friends, however you became friends back in college. It's a long time ago. And I remember one, we added each other on MySpace, and then one day I go on her page, and I was in her top eight. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh shit! <laughs> like, 
We're gonna get married. <laughs> it's such a big fucking deal. You do feel like yes, yes. And then <laughs> like, when she dropped me out, I was like, what? It's over. Yeah. I'm like, like I'm so happy that that period. It was awful. It was awful. It was really, really funny. <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine that social media would make it tougher now because you see the other person keep on existing mm-hmm. and you see the connections with friends. And I don't know what's worse, being blocked or, or being dropped or just not, but you're, you're kind of there. Everyone cruises someone's Facebook page, someone who you had a yeah. weird thing with and you see their life and sometimes you'd like think they don't deserve that <laughs> life. I mean, I don't think anybody sits there if they're healthy and like consciously has these thoughts, but I think percolating oh, underneath up, the yeah. surface, you have these thoughts all the time of like, why do I feel kind of bad right now and it's like it's because i was poking through other people's lives and stacking my life up against their life whatever direction it goes uh that whole notion of kind of wallowing in it do you have a a ritual a wallowing ritual like what is your tendency when these things happen do you have any ways of coping with uh Um, with the breakup that let's see i a certain individual made a record that really helped me get through a thing yeah but i can't mention that record anymore because um, he's a toxic jerk who apparently was a, a serial abuser of women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, guy. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of Smiths. Yeah. A lot of... And the, the replacements in general, like, are very... And, and Springsteen, whose breakup sounds more like, I'm sad, but I don't hate you. Right. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just sad right now, and we didn't work out, and I'm just very sad. But I wish the best. Yeah. Also, I'm very sad. (laughs) So sad. What about you, Robin? When you're putting yourself back together, what do you, what do you do? Oh goodness. So, um, I go through a period of wallowing and crying. May or may not include getting drunk. Ultimately culminates in me putting on my cutest outfit and going outside. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> people remind me that I'm attractive. <laughs> it's okay. Other people will be interested in you in the future. That's not your husband. The music depends on what kind of breakup we had. Yeah. And what was popular at the time because whatever artists I'm listening to at that time, I'll probably find some like B-sides of whatever they had and listen to that and be sad about it. But yeah. Do you ever feel like a certain artist gets ruined by a, a person that you associate with them? Or do you think at the end of the relationship you can kind of take that stuff back in your mind? Yo, it's uh, it's been very difficult lately because I associate uh, most of the people that I date, I date them because they have fairly decent taste in music. Yeah, so. yeah that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly. It's really honestly. No, let's, let's, let's make it clear. The reason this sucks is because there's a lot about these people we like. Yeah. <laughs> and so when it's done, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's weird. You associate a lot of things that you like, too, with that person, especially if they introduced you to things. Yes. Yep. Um, so who, who what, what bands, Robin? Oh, goodness. As far as bands, who I'm trying to think of more recent breakups and what I have listened to or been ruined listening to. Oh, you know what I can tell you? I have uh, always had a song that pops up and lets me know that my relationship is going to end or I need to break up with a person. Uh, at one point in time, and this, I was a fetish model for um, for a while. I was working for a porn star, and I remember we were sitting, I was sitting in her car outside of the 7-Eleven, 
and Gautier's somebody I used to know came on and I was like, I'm like, you know what? You did try to cut me off and act like none of this shit. I, I was feeling that motherfucking song and I was like, oh man, if I'm feeling this way about this relationship, maybe I should get out of that. Yeah. Why does this remind me of me? That's not good. Yeah, that's not good Wow. Oh, oh my god. It's funny the stuff you can know without knowing. Yes, yeah, the things the things that well, come to you. Well, it's just like when you know before you know. Yes. Like you're just like in the bathroom and you're like, yep, it's yes. coming. It's coming. You know, but it still doesn't blunt the fact that it happened. Yep, yep. Even when you're prepared. Yeah. There's one song by um, a group called Metronomy, and it's called Not Made for Love. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was in a relationship, and it was really bad, and I could not figure out like why. I was like, maybe I'm just not supposed to be in a relationship. I've had like X amount of epic fails and people breaking up with me and cheating on me. Maybe I'm just not uh, cut out for this. And it's like, oh no, I should probably get out of this relationship mm-hmm. yeah. too because everybody is worthy of being loved, including you, Robin. <laughs> These weeks have been everything to me. I'm a here we're all here alive and we're able to laugh about it and the sun set down beyond the horizon while we were having this conversation we're sitting in a nice dark apartment (laughs) right now it's funny there's a lot of natural light in john's place and there was no need for lights yeah (laughs) and now the only light in this room is coming from the laptop this was slightly cathartic for me i hope you guys felt the same thing yes it was good to get those stories out i guess this is the point where we tell people where they can find us online robin where can people find you online um you can find me on instagram at has baby tells jokes and you john i am on medium medium.com at jnagel4 instagram at jnagel1985 and um various other internet places i am uh on Instagram and on um, Twitter at Gianni W. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-D-U-B-Y-A. And you can find my music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud if you just look for sci-fi. That's two words, S-I-G-H-F-I-G-H. And I think that's a show. Thanks a lot, Robin. This has yeah, been a lot of fun. So much. You know, for having me you back. made this so easy. We might ask you to do this again. I'm okay? totally down for doing this again. And okay, you're awesome. not too far from me, anyways. So. Fantastic. Okay, cool. Well, great. Thank you for being our first guest. Yeah, that's great. It's an honor. <laughs> well, you.